What's this we're doing now? Peacock and Gamble Edinburgh podcast, mate. We did that yesterday. I know, we do it every day that's a weekday. Oh, heavens. Heavens, why heavens? I'm Ray Peacock, hello. Hello, I'm Ed Gamble, which so, is the gamble bit of Peacock and Gamble. Yeah, and the Peacock bit. That's Famously. The, at the beginning, it's the famous beginning bit of it. Best way of organising it. Yep, yeah, alphabetical, isn't it? So, here we are at the Edinburgh Fringe. Uh, Still. We, we already talked about that. What? The Edinburgh Fringe. Yeah. Alright. We've been um, here for quite a while, haven't we, mate? So, we've got a new things. We've got a special guest. No, we always have a special guest, mate. Oh, what? Is Different it, special guest. Is there guest anything that... new we can say on this? Different special guest. Who is it? Tom Bins. Don't know. You do. We Tom talk Bins. to him. Oh, Ivan Brackenbury. Ivan Ian Brackenbury. Mumford. Yeah, he's a character comedian. Yeah, 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 yeah. comedian. Yeah, I like him. He's very good. He's good. Oh, we did an interview with him the other day, actually. That's what is going to be on. What? You know that interview? Yeah. We recorded that. That's going to be on. So that'll be on this... So we didn't just interview him, we didn't just have him around for a chat and then we're going to interview him again. Right. That'll be recording of that interview, it'll be on. So this is really messing with time, isn't it? Nope. No, but it is, because this is now, but we did that then, but then that, then okay, it's going to be... you know be, sometimes... Then it's going to be in a minute. Yeah, but you know, sometimes things are recorded and shown later. Not really, no. Coronation Street. Coronation Street, yes, of course. That's not happening when you watch it. I thought that, you know, because I thought it was odd that they never mentioned about Ken Barlow. That's true, and... And Kevin uh, Webster as well. Yeah, I tell you what, as well, is did you wonder how they were able to recreate it perfectly for repeats? That's a good point, isn't it? I thought it was like It's a, actually not a good point because I everyone like knows a, that it's recorded. A Groundhog Day sort of scenario. Did you so rather than happen in Manchester? Rather than thinking it was taped yes. and put out on the television, you assumed it was a Manchester Groundhog Day scenario. You'll have well, you'll have to explain this no, taped thing. No to one me. mentioned serious allegations. <laughs> <laughs> that I admit that is what I originally thought. Right, okay. But now that you're saying this, it's making probably significantly more sense. Yeah. So they tape it, they put it onto a tape. Mm, 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 mm. Then what do they do? They just play it. Play it out. Play it out. That's amazing, isn't it? That's, yeah. that's like modern technology, isn't it? Is that a recent thing in Coronation Street? No, I think it's pretty much... I, I, I actually actually don't know. If you want to come out of character quickly... I think it was live. Was it live? I think it, I think it probably must have been. I know they, they have since done live episodes yeah, of Coronation Street and The Bill in EastEnders. Very exciting. I'm sure we've discussed this before because my favourite... I watched The Bill live episode. Right. And with most of the scenes, they cut to them maybe a millisecond too early. Right. So you'd see people through uh, like a sort of frosted glass door okay. standing perfectly still <laughs> and then crashing through the doors like they were walking. Wow, all that's, the time. Good. that's yeah, good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They should release them, shouldn't they, on video? But then uh, that ruins it, doesn't it? Because then you don't get the live, the live feel because it's on a video. It's still the same sort of... No, because they'll get it right on the video. Because they get, do retakes, don't they? So, um, yeah, bad, bad idea from me, that. Yeah. So today on The Fringe, uh, we... Uh, on went, The Fringe? On The Fringe, we went and played uh, Nightmare. Nightmare Live. Yeah. Uh, Very excited. The children's television programme. Yeah. We played it live. I was really excited. Yeah, you were. Well, you were quite pumped up backstage as well, weren't you, when the music yeah. started? You I was got, really excited, yeah. yeah. Well, I wasn't really that, that that familiar with it. Yeah, well, it's really not your sort of era, really, was it? I, but I suppose I was I was quite... at school when it was on. Yeah. So, but I, I think I was quite young when it was on, but I remember it distinctly having quite an impression on me. Yeah. Because it was quite a weird 
idea and it was very ahead of its time. Yeah. And I think it still is. I still don't think they, they do much They do much like that. In Crystal terms Maze of, was similar, I suppose. Yeah, but it's the whole virtual reality element of yeah. it was, yeah. was slightly bizarre and it was the first time they'd ever really used anything like that. And Although today it wasn't even virtual reality, it was a real, real... It was live, it was just live. Real dungeon, wasn't it? It was a real goblin dungeon. And I, I was getting very close to punching that goblin's fucking lights out. Yeah. It was aggressive, wasn't it? Very aggressive, with a club. Yeah, and it just kept missing the, the poor boy we were guiding. Just, what was he called? Tony. Tony, yeah. Tony was a boy that we were guiding today. We met him just before the show. Yeah, sorry to, sorry, we couldn't do better for you, Tony. Sorry that you died, Tony. Yeah. Um, but that wasn't our fault. I think you'll find, because you'd have that helmet on, but you won't know about this, there were massive blades. Yeah. <laughs> so it wasn't really... We'd I'm not sure we should give, give anything away about They tweeted the pitch to their blades. Did they? Yeah, they did, definitely. Oh, maybe... maybe. Oh, so I think they did actually. People yeah. know there's blades involved right. in it, won't they? There's blades. There's blades involved. Yeah, we'll tell you that much. There's blades involved, but it might be it might be someone having a shave. Yeah, and there's also spoiler alert: hardcore fucking. That was only when we were there. To be fair, well, you got to make what you can of the show, haven't you? Yeah, exactly. So Tom Benz today. It's a, do you know what? I really, I've, I've edited this interview already. Yeah. Again, we're messing with time, aren't we? Yeah. But I've edited it already. Um, I really like it. Yeah. I, I really like it, and it's a really interesting interview. He's a little mischievous little scamp. You know what? I've enjoyed. Every single one of our interviews. Same, actually. And all for different reasons. Yeah. Was there any last year we didn't enjoy? I think there was one that we weren't that fussed about. Let's not say that, because then I know we won't say be, it people was. will be guessing, trying to guess who it was. Um, I don't think they'd guess from the actual I interview. I think there were, there were three or four where I was, uh, last year, where I was like, oh, I'm not sure. But I think that was probably more my reticence with, like, maybe interviewing people we didn't know very well, or, yeah. the, whereas this year is, it seems Weirdly, I've just seen Almory. I've just I've literally just now on the street and said hello to me, I had a cap on. So Al was also uh, obviously the opposite of that. Yeah, Al was one of our very favourite ones. Very favorite fantastic. Ones, yeah. um, so look, Tom Benz, it's really, really good. It's a great one, it's Tom Benz. But we should say that our show is called Heart Should Throbs. they say it's Pe- Peacock, Peacock and Gamble, Gamble Heart Throbs, 9.45 at the Pleasance Courtyard. 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 So close, we could have won that nightmare. Yeah. Um, also, it's on again tonight at uh, 0015. Yeah, extra shows. Extra show tonight, and I genuinely don't know if I'm going to live through it. That'll be exciting. Come it's down exciting. To I'm going to have a drink. James, oh, yeah. I'm sorry, man, but I am. Yeah. So our manager keeps telling us to not say we're having a drink. I'm having a bamboo in between. I'm not sure I am, because I came out of our show tonight... Like, tired from the show, yeah. then had a drink, and I was like, I could, could not imagine. You're drinking a lot this French. I'm drinking less than I did last French. You're caning wine. You had a pint of wine the other night. Yeah, it was, two, it was two glasses of wine. Yeah, in a, in a pint glass. Yeah. And I did it again. That's a pint, mate. You had yeah. a pint of fucking wine. Yeah, but over the time that I would have drunk two glasses of wine, Doesn't and it was matter, about mate. three quarters of a pint. doing it. No. Oh, that's, there you go. That was my attempt at intervention. But no. Alcoholic just says no. Sorry about that, everyone. How is it an intervention of having a glass of wine? I'm going to take it off you. What, because I'm having a glass of wine now? If I, give me that wine now, just volunteer it. Alright, there you go. Alright, see how long it, see how long it lasts, right? Don't drink it. I'm not. Don't drink it. It's fine. Alright, I'm going to have it. You have it then. <laughs> it's horrible wine, that's why I'm giving it to you. I don't like wine. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. A taste of off grapes. Yeah. Here's Tom Bins. Pickle and gamble, pickle and gamble. Tom Bins. Hello Tom. Hello. You're right. Yeah, look at you two looking at me. I'm quite nervous now. <laughs> what, do you want, what, what do you want us to do? Do you want us to look away from you? It's just the way you both stared at me like that, as if say, oh, this will be good. It's because, it's because... It's because... I feel like it. this is a trap. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's got that vibe, hasn't it? <laughs> I don't like it anymore. And that's what, that's what hey, sets you apart. because before it was like, hey, come and do the podcast. I'm like, hey, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, great. And now you just told me about previous podcasts. I'm like, oh, now they've told me about... Oh, no, I don't... You're all right. You can fight your own corner. I don't know, I can. It's very kind that you've come here today, because Tom... Yeah, you have a couple of characters, but uh, you have a character, Ian de Montford. Yes. Who's a psychic. 
Yes, he is. And does all tricks and that. And Tom's very kindly agreed to come on the podcast today and just tell us how he does it. Yeah, totally. <laughs> it's it's going to be amazing, isn't it? Oh, fantastic. So, in your dreams. Yeah, this, and, this uh, is a great, a, a huge, a huge podcast for us today because finally <laughs> the curtain's going to be pulled back and we're going to find out once and for all how he does it. And yeah. you're not leaving until you tell us. Yeah. I don't have a problem with that. All right, then. Let's yeah. Tell it now. It's magic, isn't it? It's definitely it's magic. magic, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, I'm magic. <laughs> <laughs> you have done a deal with the devil or something. I have, yeah. You just do magic. <laughs> yeah. Do you want a funny story about me being magic? Uh, no, I don't have any funny stories. About <laughs> right. Yeah, go on. So, well, the second year I did Ian de Bonford, because I have learned to be magic, yeah. or at least I've learned a few tricks anyway. Yeah. And uh, I got some people from the Magic Circle who came to see the show and they took me out for dinner afterwards, which I thought was nice. <laughs> and they asked me to join. Now, I'm not... I'm no to back- join the Magic Circle? Yeah, yeah, I've right. no background in magic. And I've like the last time I thought about the Magic Circle was probably like an eight-year-old boy watching Blue Peter. Yeah, it was yeah. probably the last time I even considered them. And they said, well, we'd like you to join. I went, oh, don't be ridiculous, I'm <laughs> a comic. They went, no, yeah, but I said, don't you have to audition or anything like that? And they said, yeah, yeah, you do normally, but we've seen the show... And the stuff you do in that show would qualify you to join a magic right. circle. And this is what I said, no word of a lie. I went, oh, no, the stuff I'm doing in the show, that's just tricks. <laughs> <laughs> Genuinely, I said it. And the next words out of my mouth would have been, I'm not actually magic. <laughs> but it was watching their face, I realised what I was in the middle of saying. Yeah, and they yeah. saw back to wave. <laughs> They didn't pursue it, let's just say that. Well, with, with Montford, though, it's really interesting, because you, you were flying high with, with Ivan Brackenbury, who was a, a hospital radio DJ, still is, mm. which was just a, was a massive... What was the fringe you came to the first time? 2006. And that, it blew everything away. That, yeah, it, yeah, it was kind really... of... I only came up to let the circuit know that I'd come back yeah, yeah, yeah. from Ibiza and I was doing comedy again. Yeah, OK. And I forgot, actually, all about the, um, the, the Edinburgh Comedy Award. Yeah, and I forgot what a big deal about that was, and I think that cost me dear. Actually, I could tell you about that as well. Uh, I'm not bitter, um, <laughs> uh, but yeah, no. And I was in a heart had a fifty seater. It was just to let a few promoters know around the country yeah, yeah. that I had an act. And then Dominic Maxwell, who was the chairman of the um, awards committee that year, came and reviewed it like day four, and just said, "This is the funniest thing I've ever seen." Yeah, not at the fringe, not today. Ever. But he just ever, yeah. Yeah. And um He's in a least... mental alone that bloke now. Yeah, he is, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Just laughing at the same yeah. joke. Yeah. <laughs> Which is what the act essentially is. Um, <laughs> it's not really. <laughs> but that's what everyone says it is. See, I was so annoyed about people saying it's the same joke over and over again. I did a time and motion study on it, and here are the facts. Eight percent is song related jokes. Okay. Eight percent. But the thing the is, other though, just, and you, other did stu- you did a study on it. I was like, I thought I'm so sick of it. So it didn't get to you at all, did no, it? No, not at all. I did sit down with a stopwatch and time <laughs> all the music in it. It's right, 8% let's, music. Let's explain what that is then. So and then, and then those, and within, within that, each one of those music jokes is a different kind of joke. It's yeah. like watching Gary Delaney goes, oh, he just does one pun. Anyway, but, I'm over but, it now. So, so, you, so you're there as Ivan, and you are doing a live broadcast, yeah, yeah. hospital radio broadcast, and you say things about certain patients, and then an inappropriate song comes on. That's it. Mm. That's it down to its bare bones. Yeah, but Ivan's a very uh, lovable, simplistic clown that on the, most mostly doesn't realise there's a connection. Well, Otherwise, it would be horrific. It's quite clearly a paedophile. <laughs> <laughs> He's been banned from the children's ward, but for not for, <laughs> not for anything that he was allowed back on. Nothing to do with actually physical contact. Right, right. I mean, um, no, but intent, they can, they can do you for that. Can they? Um, yeah, if, oh, you, if, if you're openly about it, you are going to do it, mate. That's why I tell you about that stuff on your computer. I've told you most of it. Just because you've never done it doesn't mean you're not 
under suspicion. Can they do you for thinking about it? They can do you for thinking about it. Oh, now everyone listening to this cannot. Everyone think about it now. You can't not think about it now. We're all thinking about it. I'm not thinking about it. And now you've all done a crime. You are thinking about it. You are thinking about it. You're thinking about touching a kid. Because you can't not think about touching a kid now. And you're thinking about like really bad stuff. Is it boy or a girl? <laughs> it's both now. Oh no! Oh, Whatever no. you say, you think about. <laughs> <laughs> it's a threesome. Oh no! <laughs> I can't believe this has happened again. Ever uh, happened? <laughs> pickle can gamble. Pickle can gamble. So no, I, I, it's not one joke. But I think that's actually a compliment. Man. I think it's a, a, unless it's said in a dismissive way. Oh, it was said in a dismissive way. But you try okay. making a an hour show out of the same joke over and over again. It's hard. I've done it loads. <laughs> <laughs> no, but, but, but the more simple something appears to be, mm. that's like, like we, we've, we've always had it in our shows where you get that thing of like, yeah. they're just dicking about. Or, or you know, or they're, they're just really amateurish. It's like, do yeah. you have any idea how hard it is to write an amateur hour? Yeah. It's yeah. really, really tough Yeah, to I know. And, and um, for every single joke um, in that show that, that went out, I work and I must have written... Twenty tried ten. Okay, okay. Three, yeah. three away nine. But then, so on the but on the back of Ivan Brackenbury, rather than and I know you did it a, a, a little while longer, but that was all you were doing. But then you 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 suddenly it, or it appeared suddenly anyway. You suddenly came back with Ian de Montford, which would have been so if you'd have just come back with another character, that would have been impressive enough or a well-rounded character. But you came back with this character that had a a genuine skill set, mm. and it's real. Like it's not it, you know you know you do psychic stuff in the room, mm. and it's not it's packed with jokes, but it's different every night. Yeah, it is, yeah. But it's it's genuinely mind-blowing, man. And I, I remember Thank speaking you. to you at Download and, and you just saying... You were so dismissive of the whole thing. I bumped into you and you had an iPad and I'd never seen one before. <laughs> and you had, you, had, you had your poster on your iPad. Did I not get it from America? I it don't know. Really right in this I don't country, know. But you, you, I mean, within about three seconds, you got your iPad out. <laughs> your, yeah. mind, your mind was blown already. Yes. <laughs> and he didn't even say, here's my iPad. He just did it all like, oh, yeah. I've just got... This thing is yeah. just a normal thing. I've <laughs> gone really small, <laughs> <laughs> and it was just my iPhone. But you, but you showed me what you did. It's shrunk. <laughs> my new character. <laughs> you showed me your poster, and I went, "Oh, that's a really good idea." And you went, "Yeah, I've just learned it." And I went, "Learn what?" And you went, "I've just learned how to do psychic stuff." Yeah. And you, and it was like, "What do you mean you just learned it?" I did. How? Do you want to know the story about that? Yeah. yeah. Would you be surprised if I told you it involved Bernie Clifton? I would be surprised. <laughs> Bernie Clifton's from St. Helens. I'm from St. Helens. Yeah, he is, isn't he? But yeah. he lives in Chesterfield. So I believe. And uh, my best man, and I was his best man, okay. is his son. So we were best friends at school. So I always grew up with Bernie Clifton. Who right. Had a big, probably a massive influence in terms of why I decided to become really? a okay. comedian. Yeah. Well, we should explain who Bernie Clifton is for people because younger people ask one now. Yeah, he's a... He's part of the old guard of stand-up comedy. He's yeah. a big comedian in the 70s. He also had a big TV show called Cracker Jack. Cracker Jack! Um, yeah. yeah, yeah Ed didn't even do it because he's too young. Ed's no, like, I was just thinking he the does F? the ostrich, right? Yeah, he, he does also does the right. ostrich, yeah. 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 And um, he's actually, if you ever see him live, he's a brilliant serious comedian and uh, very inventive and he's yeah. great. He's great, but he's also my mate's dad, mate Dave's dad. Dave Clifton, this is. Dave uh, Quinn, actually. Yeah, Dave Quinny. Quinny. Yeah, Quinn. Quinny. Your mate Quinn. So, uh, he's also um, got the same agents as uh, Darren Brown, and for years he was telling oh, yeah. me about Darren, and uh, he told me this story, which isn't true, or isn't really true, or is only partly true, which is that... Um, you should it, never start a story with, this isn't true. No, the point <laughs> is, the story I was told that got me started in okay, Dooney de Montfort okay. is a whole pack of lies. <laughs> so you'd be tricked into it. It's not a pack of lies, but basically, what Darren does is a thing called mentalism, mm-hmm. and it's been around for years. 
And uh, there's a guy, I think, in the 70s called David Berglas, who had a show on TV, which is very similar. Yep. And they got the show commissioned. This is the story, which is, may not be true. They got the show commissioned again, and w- they were looking for a person to do it. And they thought about just casting around and training up an actor to be psychic. Okay. And then they found Darren, who was also already working as a performer, and they, he ended up doing the show. Yeah. Now, that isn't true. It isn't, isn't entirely true anyway. But it did plant a seed, this lie planted a seed in my head, that you could learn to do it. Even an actor could learn how to do that. And you yeah. know how retarded they are. You're in trouble now, mate. Um, <laughs> oh, you're in bother now, mate. Right, I, was, I kept thinking about it. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Please come down here. No. Okay. So I thought if I ever needed to do that, I could learn how to do it. Okay. And then about three years later, um, I thought it'd be funny to Tommy Cooper up Darren Brown okay. style. Um, mentally. Like, I don't really like calling it Darren Brown because it feels like I've ripped it off him, but it's a bit like Hoover and Vacuum Cleaner. Like in this country, we say Darren Brown instead of mentalism. Yeah, oh, yeah. Just like we say um, Hoover instead of Vacuum Cleaner. But, you know, it's, there's loads of people around the world. There's a guy called Philip Escoffi who does it. There's, there's, oh, there's, there's like too many to mention. Yeah. Um, and there's loads in the States. It's a big, bigger thing over in the States. But because Darren's been so popular here on Channel 4, it's, it's all people know in this country. It right. makes it almost impossible for any other mentalist to work here. It's but did you, really but was there any, knowing you, like the, sort of the, the, way, the way I know you, because I know of your mischievous instinct, and what, was there an element to it where you were cross about it? Uh, how do you mean? Well, well you, was, you, know, you know that people use it in an exploitative <laughs> way as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. And I can imagine you oh, getting angry yeah. one day yeah. and going, right. I'm going to do a character that proves all this is bollocks. Yeah, oh, totally, yeah. And yeah. I, I thought the best chance of convincing people it was it was bullshit is is for a comic to start doing it. Yeah. Yeah, but yeah. that was how naive I was. Um, I get reviews now going, well, this guy's clearly psychic. <laughs> <laughs> he's he's having a hard time dealing with it. <laughs> right. uh, he's, he's, the one review for the Melbourne International Comedy Festival said, this is a bloke who's been brought up with Brian Cox and Stephen Hawkins right. and is that kind of generation. <laughs> he wears jeans, they say. <laughs> but he clearly has a gift and he's got a hard time dealing with it. So he's added some extra magic tricks and some jokes and this is what he's doing. And how many days were you, were you infuriated about that? <laughs> oh, was delighted. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, it's really ace, isn't it? By then I'd already realised I'd failed uh, in, my, um, in my mission to rid the world of psychics. <laughs> you just, I'd you just contributed to it. I just made it worse. A new one. Pickle can gamble, pickle can gamble. The thing is, my sister... I used to be a big fan of Derek Akora and okay. now she won't watch him because she finds him creepy purely because of Ian de Monford. So yeah. if, if I've only done that one thing... I've, I've said but we've laid down challenges to Derek Akora before, haven't we? Yeah. We've said, come and do it. Come and prove it. Yeah, but he doesn't need to. Go he? under oath for us. He doesn't need to come on our podcast, He's Derek got to, He has got to. I can't, what was the challenge I laid down to Derek Akora? I, I got very remember. aggressive about yeah. it. Did you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was after the Michael Jackson thing. Oh, Do you remember Michael yeah. Jackson seance? Fuck mate, <laughs> that was incredible, mate. It was, but but it, but it was utterly exploitative because they had three of his fans there Man. who they were quite clearly very distressed at the fact that their hero had died, and then quite clearly more distressed when they thought they were genuinely talking to him wow. yeah, and falling to pieces and all that sort of stuff. It was yeah, yeah genuinely horrible. It is. That's why it makes uh, having a psychic as a comedy character is really difficult. Yeah, because the real ones are like grotesque character comedians themselves. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And it's actually, I've, I've, if anything, rather than normally when you're spoofing someone, you go slightly over the top. But actually, yeah. I brought it down slightly yeah. and made him a little bit calmer and a less 
ridiculous than yeah. someone like Derek. Yeah. I actually remember as well, that very, something just occurred to me when Mark Watton was doing Shelley Ghostman. Mm. And I remember there being, uh, and it didn't happen, it happened far less than I actually thought it would at the time. Mm. And I think I know why. When there was like, oh, so there's these two characters. It was around the same time, it was roughly the same mm. time. Both doing psychic characters, yet Mark was doing a spoof character yeah. that had no give, you know, there was no, yeah, yeah, yeah. the joke was he got everything <clears throat> wrong. Yeah. And and mm. you you go and do it, mm. you actually do it. I mean, it's, it's fucking amazingly impressive, man. Thanks for that. Was there a concern with that, though, with, with, with Ghostman? When Ghostman came no, out? do you know what? I was living in Ibiza for seven years, yeah, so yeah. I missed I missed the whole of Phoenix Nights and I missed the whole of Ghostman. Yeah. Although Woodlands fans don't believe me when I say that on Twitter. Okay. They, get, they attack me on a regular basis. Do they basis. really? Yeah, they do, yeah. Why? Uh, because they think that I've just copied his acts. Because I, I guess they've Mark never seen that. it live, so they don't know that yeah, yeah, I have it. It's completely different things. Yeah, yeah. also they're different characters. Yeah. Clearly yeah. different characters. They're just doing the same job. Yeah. And, it was, and also, if you're going to have, you know, Wooden wasn't the first person to do a spirit medium. No, it was already right. in Phoenix yeah. Nights. Uh, and, it, you know, they've been, um, they've been spoofed right back and, to Oscar um, Wilde and by the spirits. And someone, all sorts of someone played one on uh, the programme Doctors, of course. Oh, yeah, I did. Yeah, I did. I oh, played really? one. Yeah, I'm oh, a coincidence. And it. someone you know as well. Yeah, so yeah, someone I know as well. Yeah, have it, you heard of Doctors? Have you heard of Doctors, the programme Doctors on BBC? Yeah, yeah. I, I was in that. Yeah, yeah right. I was messing, right? I was the guest lead in it, right? And I wow. played a psychic called Billy Taft. And I copied it off Derek Akora. So that some people said, oh, you did it like Shelley Ghostman. And I went, no, I didn't. I did it yeah, like well, that's Derek thing. Akora. Um, yeah. And I copied it off that and then um, had an heart attack. In Unfortunately, I had a heart attack in the waiting room. <laughs> <laughs> I did a, a screen kiss. They said it was mouth to mouth, but it was a screen kiss. And then, luckily, it was all alright because it turned out that my manager had been giving me magic mushrooms to make me hallucinate to be a more impressive act. And at the end of it, I was cross about it, but I was still friends with my manager. And everything, <laughs> everything was alright at the end. But at the very beginning, you were worried about me because I was apparently oh, really? dead at the bottom of the stairs. That sounds great. Yeah. Do you want to get your video of it? <laughs> I'd love to see that. Yeah, yeah. But that's the trouble with it because there's such a narrow. Um... You've you've fallen into the same problem I have because if you're if you're basing your, if you're basing the character on Derek Akora or Colin Fry, yeah, yeah, uh, it's going to end up not unlike Mark Wooten's character, yeah, not yeah, because yeah. you've copied it off Mark Wooten, but because you've copied it off the source material, yeah, which is quite niche and they're quite defined, aren't they? Yeah, um, and that so there's a little bit of that, but um, I I'm normally not bothered about criticism, but they've been so rude. I'm really pleased the fans have been that I've fucked them off. Yeah, it's a, it's a weird one, isn't it, man? Because we can't none of us can control our fans. Coming up, so, no. so it's a difficult. Like, I know that Herring tweeted something about me being ill the other day, yeah, and said that he's not at all delighted that I'm in excruciating pain and all yeah, this sort of yeah, stuff, yeah. which is just Herring playing with us, and we have a mock rivalry, yeah, yeah. But then some of his fans started being genuinely quite abusive and genuinely oh, right. quite sort of, oh, really, yeah, genuinely I quite horrible. Oh, goodness me. And um, I should um, also say, by the way, that Shirley Ghostman was on BBC Two and Doctors is on BBC One, I should say. That. Oh, well, yeah, that's good too. <laughs> but also, the head of BBC Comedy, yeah. um. And I've been making pilots for them, and they watched me, and they watched Ghostman, and they said, "No, it's not the same. Really, it's different okay. characters." Yeah, yeah it's like, well, it's um, And also, uh, so, so yeah. So, but the original idea of Planted the Seed was by Bernie Clifton, and then I wanted to really Tommy Cooper up the kind of magic Darren Brown does. Yeah, and you're absolutely right. Have a go at that whole world yeah. by actually doing it, and that was the real point. The first year I did it in Edinburgh. There was an actual spirit medium up here called yeah. Joe Power. You had the same yeah, poster. And I actually. managed to predict his poster. That's right. That's one of the big tricks I did that year, which yeah. launched Ian de Montford's career, and that, yeah. was, that was fantastic. But more recently, he's actually not working professionally as a spirit medium anymore. Okay. Because he doesn't want to be seen from profiting from people's grief, because that would make him no better than a florist. <laughs> But the, the, real, the real reason for that 
is that if he's more of a psychic reader that uses um, crystals, astrology, numerology, tarot, yeah. it just opens up a whole new world of yeah. magic to me yeah. as a performer. And also quite like the fact that he's an intuitive psychic rather than relying on the spirits. Because yeah. it means, like a psychic, a spirit medium would say, tell you what your car is or what your colour your kitchen What's my car? What, what's my car? <laughs> <laughs> what's my car? Look right at you. I'm thinking it now. For I'm example. Thinking I'm thinking it now. I'm thinking what the car is. Look at me. Look at me, Tom. I'm thinking what my car is now. What is it? Well, I told you I'm not a spirit medium anymore. I just thought it, it then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we know, we know you're not thinking it's, about your car. We know what you're thinking about. I'm thinking about that. Oh, no, I'm thinking about that again. <laughs> <laughs> but as an intuitive psychic is more like psychology and tells you more about your personality right. problems. So if you're dealing with an audience... Yeah. I can say you've got a, like, the car joke used to be something like, think of your car. Oh, it's definitely a black car. It's not. At night. That's what the used to do. But now, now I'm doing a psychic reading, I'll get you to throw some runes on the floor or, or give you a crystal or whatever and go, oh, some of your sexual needs are quite niche. Um, I feel that if you Google it and it doesn't come up with any results, you're definitely out there a little bit. And the insults are cutting a lot deeper. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because I'm talking about people's future, the yeah. psychology. We had a lovely 18-year-old, Lad in the other day, and I said, "You know what? You, what's your career? Have you got, you've not got anything planned career-wise." And he was like, "No." So what you need to do is choose a job you love, because if you choose a job you love, it's like you never do a day's work in your life ever again, because you'll never get that job. <laughs> um, so I'm able to properly get under people's skin, yeah, yeah, yeah. and I'm kind of more of a psychic advisor, psychic counselor, yeah. which just makes the comedy just packs a bigger punch. Yeah, of course. Yeah, of course. Um, and as it happens, uh, gets uh, those. Four or maybe five surely goes from fans off my back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I'll fuck them. Pickle can gamble, pickle can gamble. Your uh, sense of mischief has always appealed to me. Oh, thank you very I much. I like it a lot. I was first aware of you, and don't get upset, oh, when go. you were a gay on the television. <laughs> that was the first time I was aware of you, when you were a gay on the television yeah. in Alan Partridge. I was a convincing gay, wasn't You're, I? You genuinely <laughs> were a convincing gay. I did a lot gay, of right? research. Method. That, do you know what I thought when I watched that? I, I didn't know you at all. And I knew Steve... Steve Brown, who was the oh, did you? Glenn Ponder, only only through like in sort of comedy and stuff. Yeah, and and so I knew that he wasn't gay. Yeah, I knew that. So I knew that they'd brought this thing in about Glenn Ponder being gay, and that's mm. cool. And then I thought, that's really that. What's ace? Because they've got like a genuine gay man there. Yeah, who's his boyfriend, and yeah. that's how, that's how, that's how they kind of justified it by going. Yeah, yeah. You no, know, this is a guy, the actual yeah, gay guy's there yeah. being his boyfriend. So that's how they and then and it was you, wasn't it? Yeah, and acting. Was he acting? Was I like I like doing acting that tricks people into thinking he's real. <laughs> well, it's good acting as well because you didn't like you were acting. Thank you for that. It's yeah. awful. It was I mean, you're I played like, it down. Like, <laughs> like, just a gay bloke. Yeah, like, like, just a bloke from the audience did, or something. What I did, if you, uh, I I laughed at one of Steve's jokes, which is probably what made it more convincing. Yeah, than yeah, 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 yeah. And I did I did that deliberately. Okay. Almost like a bloke because it I, I almost like um, kind of got. Lost in the show a little bit. Yeah, yeah. And I think that may be what convinced you that um, I was actually gay because you're not really supposed to do that. I did a, I did a, used to do a sports show. And it, could, it, it could be that. Sorry, I'm just you, but it could be that, or it could be that time that sorry, them toilets were running coxie, man. <laughs> <laughs> that wasn't me. And you laughed during that just, as well, didn't you? Just yeah, raising the money to pay for Edinburgh. <laughs> I, I did a sports show on Channel Four, and uh, we had the big uh, New Year's Eve show on Channel Four. One okay. year. It's called Under the Moon, and we were the live show yeah. on New Year's Eve at midnight. Hey, so and I thought it's that girl in there. Yeah, yeah. Good, She's good, the one that got good, my job. Good. Anyway, um, she was miles better than you. She was really fair. And I, the plan was, I thought, as a funny plot thing, would be to get consistently more and more pissed during okay. the show. Yeah, yeah. But I was presenting a live television show, yeah. so I wasn't actually yeah. drinking. It was just acting. Yeah. Uh, and then I collapsed in a drunken stupor exactly an hour 
after the show started, a second before the we faded to black after the credits had rolled. Right. And yet, the woman who commissioned that at Channel 4 tried to get me sacked for being drunk on the job. Wow. <laughs> Isn't that amazing? Ridiculous. And they had to say that he's not, he wasn't drunk. He was pretending to be. That was the joke. Yeah. Okay. But I quite like... So much trouble. Do you think people don't like, understand you, Tom? I like doing that? real acting. But, you do do real acting. I like doing it. But you do get in a lot of trouble. Yeah, I know. I know. Are I, you happy with that? Are you, are you proud of yourself? I don't really give a fuck. I like that. At the time, sometimes it can be quite difficult. Yeah. My mum got quite upset last Christmas, the last time it happened, which was the um, when I interrupted the Queen's speech to slag her off. Um, that was, what was that on? That was on. That was on a range of radio stations. Okay, yeah. Um, that was national press as well, wasn't it? It, went, it was yeah. international press. I've got the story in Japanese, Chinese, Russian. Because of me, mate. You don't remember that, do you? Not? I broke that story. Yeah, you did. Yeah, didn't you? I put it out there for you. Yeah, you did. Yeah, you're welcome. Did he ask you to do that? Or? No, I thought it'd be funny to do it. No, we, we chatted about it, and yeah. I said that I'd push it certain ways, and then yeah. it, it got it pushed certain ways, and then it started being picked up by other news sources. Oh, no. Russia, Chinese. I was on Iranian Today TV yeah. talking about it, and I thought if anyone's going to give me an easy time, they were, the, they were the only people, and I include the reporters from the Mail and the Telegraph, they didn't see the funny side of it. <laughs> <laughs> they were like, but, but she's your leader. I'm like, fuck off. <laughs> Are you serious? But it was an innocent thing, wasn't it? I remember at the time, yeah, it, was, totally, it was yeah. an innocent thing. But what had happened? Hadn't there been a technical problem? The presenter yet? before me didn't get the memo, and that was management's fault, that the news had come up on a different fader on Christmas Day, and the Queen's speech comes up on the news fader. He should have got the memo to say, don't put the Queen's speech on. We don't do the Queen's speech. We haven't done it for 20 years. We don't have that on our station. Oh, OK. News fader is fader four today, not fader three. So he put the fader up for the news and the Queen's speech came on. Yeah. My show started at three, two minutes past or three minutes past after the two-minute right. bulletin or three-minute bulletin. So I just started my show on time, as I was supposed to, and rather than fading down the Queen's speech and doing an apology... I thought it would be better for the station if I pretended that I was like I'd had enough of it. Right. Yeah. Rather than go management of wankers and they didn't run this, they don't know how to run a proper radio station. <laughs> they should have sent us all the memo, but they're dicks. Uh, which oh, is what I should oh. have said. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I took think that would have got you in trouble as well. Yeah, I took the blame. So I said, "Oh, two words, boring." Nice. Uh, little joke. And then I said, "Here, from one queen to another, here's George Mike- Michael last Christmas." Okay. And then about two people pretended that they were upset the Queen's speech had been taken off. Yeah. So they phoned in, and I got really leery with them. I was like, <laughs> "It's not even supposed to be on. If you cared about it, you'd be you'd be listening to Radio Four. It's on BBC One now. <laughs> yeah. It were pictures. And then I said, a couple of people have phoned in to complain, and just as a matter of balance. You know, a lot of people think the Queen is a good thing. I mean, for example, they think she's good for tourism. Mind you, the French beheaded theirs and people still visit France. <laughs> <laughs> right? So that's the I way... I can also relate to this when you, get, when you get it in your head. Yeah, yeah. And even though you know that... Even though you know you might even be pushing it too far, which I don't think you were, but if, even if you know yeah. that, that's when you definitely got to do it. Yeah, yeah that's when I got yeah. sacked for high trees, and that's the tipping point. There, but it then. fucks <laughs> you up, though. It fucks up your career in in in, in little blips. Yeah, it fucks yeah. your career. But overall, it makes you a far more interesting person. Yeah, and it's a far more interesting life to lead, isn't it? Well, actually, I I instead of carrying on working for a, a shit regional radio station that's yeah. uh, barely staying in business anymore. Um, I ended up going to Australia for the first time and did all the festivals out there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And got did a lot of TV with Adam Hills and stuff. As a result of being the guy who yeah. got sacked for high treason. That's amazing. But I, I just didn't even think people cared about. I mean, it's two thousand. Well, yeah, no, but it's like forget like, people are people, interested in the royal family. But they're not really. I think they're just people pick. 
pick a battle now and again, don't they? They, yeah. they pick a battle. It's like Jerry Springer the Opera. It's that they pick a battle and start bringing up blasphemy laws. It's like what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> yeah. Don't be so ridiculous. Yeah. Just because that law might still exist somewhere tucked away. Yeah. It doesn't mean you can then try and wield that for yeah. your idiotic asinine cause. Yeah. And no. that's you know, and that's but that happens, doesn't it, every now and again. Yeah. But I think it must be nice to be at the centre of that. For a bit, yeah, but, yeah. but also, if you can't turn it off, I would imagine that that week when that was happening, when it was actually going a bit silly in that in the press. Yeah, yeah well, I, I wish I could actually turn this off. I, 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 was, I didn't have a Christmas that year because I was properly focused on making sure because the station were bullshitting and spinning their own story and, yeah. and, and lying through their yeah. teeth because they just relaunched and they'd just been taken over by a new company and it was a question of making sure their bullshit didn't stick Okay. so whenever I saw some of the bullshit appear in a press release and filter through onto news sites and stuff yeah. I'd immediately phone the newspaper and say actually that's not the that's not what happened this is what happened yeah, yeah. And, um, and so I managed to kind of managed the story quite well, actually. I was really pleased. And I knew I'd done all right when the Daily Mail, and you'd expect them to absolutely hate me, yeah. called me um, little-known but clearly underrated stand-up comedian. <laughs> <laughs> and I, went, I read it, I went, oh, God, Daily Mail. And my heart was going. I thought, this is where the floodgates opened to the death threats. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And they were actually death threats, actually, under all on the comment section, on the mail, on the telegraph. What was the best one? You know, we should behead him, you know, like, oh yeah, that's that's fair. <laughs> I yeah. did a joke, therefore I deserve to die. Yeah, no, that's that's a reasonable response. <laughs> um, <laughs> they weren't so angry with you that they came up with their own way of killing you. Yeah, it's yeah, just yeah. the way that you brought yeah, up. Yeah, they liked they liked they liked what I was <laughs> yeah. offering. Yeah. Just the Queen they weren't happy yeah. with it. It was me they preferred. Yeah. <laughs> did the so, Queen get in touch with you at all? No, she didn't. But... Well that would be fair. That's like none of that none of the stories in the paper, that shouldn't have happened, you shouldn't have been fired. But I think it's still an open offer. I think the Queen should be allowed to come down to one of your shows and interrupt you. Yeah, yeah well, I don't mind that. <laughs> <laughs> the Queen should do it. I'd have a lot more respect for the royal family if they did things like that. Yeah, yeah. exactly. If the Queen did things like that. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. I genuinely would. And she could. Yeah. She'd just go, do you know what? We've got two seats every night reserved for the Queen, we think. <laughs> we don't know why they're not fucking selling them. <laughs> but yeah, no, no, but we're selling out every night and two seats at the front. Well, who are you in? At Pleasant. Oh, yeah, they, they do that. There are two reserves in every room. Yeah. I don't know why. I think it's for the uh, chairman and the president. It's for the Queen. <laughs> it's, for the... it's for the Queen to come. For the Queen and the But the Queen should do that. I remember Ben Elton years and years ago had some, had some material where people said, you can't look pop at the Queen because she can't answer back. Yeah. And he was like, yeah, she can. She's on television yeah. every year. Yeah. Same day, same time. She can say peace to the Commonwealth and all that. And by the way, fuck off, spit an image. I would love that. Yeah, yeah totally. Definitely, yeah. Pickle can gamble. Pickle can gamble. You yeah. just said to us, because uh, we, we had a, a brief recording break, and yeah. I still can't wait this for equipment. You said that your favourite film was Muppets Christmas Carol of all time. Yeah, easily. A big fan of the Muppets. Massive fan of the Muppets. But I apparently, am. there's a new Muppets thing that's rubbish. I've not seen it yet. What thing? Isn't there a game show with Jonathan Ross? I read a review. Oh, oh right, I'm not saying yet. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a new. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. Muppets Christmas Carol is brilliant. How can it be your favourite film of all time, though? Well. I've seen all the others. Yeah. I'm all the them other in order films. of the ones I like the most. Yeah. And that came on top of the list. <laughs> I am a big fan of the Muppets. Muppets Christmas Carol. There goes Mr. Humbug. There think, goes Mr. Grimm. I don't think Muppets Christmas Carol is the best Muppets film. What? I don't. I like it. I do like it. And Tiny lot. Tim, who did not die. Right? <laughs> I've got it on Blu-ray. you got a Blu-ray? Mm. 
Captain America. I think the Muppets movie is the best Muppets film. No cheeses for his Mises. What's he doing? What makes you think we can use them? Uh-huh. Why have you got to, when you go onto a broadcast medium, yeah. why have you got to immediately go, right, I'm going to ruin this? Oh, you, oh you, you need to I'm, get them clear. I'm, go, I'm not going to because it's going to be your responsibility. <laughs> it's going to be your responsibility to deal with this. You can deal with Disney. No, it's because he's disagreeing with you over something to do with the Muppets and you've got his back up because he, he's big on the Muppets, all right? Right, yeah. yeah. Now, have you, are you talking about the Muppets Christmas Carol or the TV version where they edit out the song between Michael Caine and the girl in it? Do you know what? That's actually been edited out in the official version. What? Isn't that mental? Isn't it such a beautiful song? It's gone. How many times have you seen Muppets Christmas Carol, Tom? Sorry, mate? 175. There haven't even been that many Christmases. So you're, not, you're not just watching it at Christmas, are you not? You watch it all, have you got it on your iPad? I bet he's got it on his iPad. Do you watch it to cheer yourself up? Or is it just like a routine? Yeah, I also te- to watch it to teach myself that greed is bad. <laughs> if you keep forgetting that greed is bad that often, yeah. it's you can film's do. not going to Sometimes you can, get in, you can get into the wrong mindset. Yeah. 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 So and then I just you know watch Christmas Carol and I feel a changed person. Have you ever yeah. been greedy? You forget that you forget that greed's bad and you know material things aren't on everything. Yeah. So you watch Muppets Christmas Carol on your iPad in Santa Park Starbucks. <laughs> <laughs> I do. What I do is I learn greed's bad and then and then go out and buy the biggest turkey in the shop. Oh. <laughs> I want to see Muppets Christmas Carol two or Christmas Carol two where oh. Scrooge is a changed man. Okay. He starts giving away his, all his wealth, becomes altruistic. His business goes to shit. All the people that rely on him for rents and property business, that goes down. So the whole community sinks around him because obviously... Um, without him, without the money lending business that he did, without the rents he was collecting, the businesses that rely on him and that services they, everyone dies of poverty. <laughs> about a year after, you don't yeah, hear yeah. that story. But the that's following Christmas, the following Christmas, horrible. Tiny Tim died, Bob yeah. Cratchit died. Yeah. They all, all because of Scrooge's business, just went down the pan. And then what's the ending? There's a miniature recession as a result of that <laughs> in that area. It's a localized a little recession. recession. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because actually, the message of of the film is bullshit okay. <laughs> but it's your favourite film um, yeah. is it because of the Muppets that you like it or is it because of just I the love story? the Muppets I love the humour of the Muppets uh, but I also love stories where um, twats change their mind so I'm okay, a big yeah. fan of Les Miserables as well oh really he I doesn't change his mind that. at the end does he but he throws himself off a he doesn't change his mind, but he throws himself off a bridge because he, uh, or a building because he, he, he can't. Come That's to changing his mind about being alive. Isn't it? Yeah, I guess yeah. so. Yeah, but he doesn't. He doesn't go. Oh, I've been wrong. I'll have a new life and I'll be right from yeah. now. And he goes. Oh, I've, I've been so wrong and I can't live with myself. I ruined a production of Les Miserables. How did you do that? By being in it? No, I was in the audience. That'd have been brilliant. And it was the first <laughs> time I saw it. I had a, a moment. It was in a, a silence in it, and I did it by accident. I was I was in my head oh, whispering yeah. it to my girlfriend. What right. Happened? But I didn't. I said it really loud. I just, I just said, yeah, I wish he'd never stole that fucking bread. Really, like, <laughs> really loud. About nearly two hours in. Yeah. And, it was, and it was in the Manchester Palace Theatre and it kind of oh, echoed a bit. No. And then all the group that I was with started laughing <laughs> and so I was like, funny. no, no, I, I wouldn't do that. I wouldn't do that. Oh, that's I so wouldn't. funny. It was horrible. It was genuinely horrible. <laughs> really, was it? Yeah, yeah, funny yeah. like that. Do you, want my, do you want to hear my most... Have you got time for my most genuinely... Got all the time in the world. The wife keeps begging me to take her to see um, the Faulty Towers dining experience in the fridge for about eight years. Every year I've come up with a new brilliant excuse (laughs) as to why she can't go. Anyway, two days before the fringe, we walked past the restaurant where it is and she saw it advertised and she went, this year, you've got to take me. And we're out in the street looking at it. I said, look, I just, I'm going to be honest with you. I just think you're going to be incredibly disappointed. I think 
that you love the show, the acting's going to be bad, they're going to be pale imitations of their original characters, the, the material will be lame, the food I've heard is shit, mm. you're not going to enjoy it. And as I said that, one of the women who was in the streets went, okay, from the top. <laughs> I was in the middle of the dress rehearsal. <laughs> people around me and they all heard every single word of it were Basil Manuel they didn't have the moustache on they weren't in costume because it was two days before the fringe started wow the show starts wow. in the street in the queue which is where we were stood right. where the queue was going to be and then goes into the restaurant and I just was like oh my god and and, and that's the, I mean I was, I was slagging it off in their dress run could have been worse though you could have mentioned the war <laughs> <laughs> Why did she want to say it? I don't know. I mean, so she wants to see it in a non-ironic way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's not you know, the most sophisticated. She's your wife you're talking about. Yeah. Does she like yeah. your stuff? She's just very unlucky when it comes to thinking. <laughs> <laughs> what does she think of your shows? She's seen them enough. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> she likes Ian. She was in Ian for a while. She used to be Ian's assistant with the microphone and yeah, okay, getting yeah, everyone yeah, involved. Yeah, yeah. And, um, and she came back from her mate's house and said, there's a psychic at my mate's house. And he was talking about my mum. And I went, oh, for God's sake, Lisa, have you not learned anything from being in my show? <laughs> and we, we sort of reverse engineered these things. Right. He said, look, he said, every time you see a white feather, you're going you're gonna to think of your mum. Well, that's your mum thinking of you. You sleep on a bed of fucking feathers. Yeah, you know, yeah. You've got a feather pillow. You're going to see a white feather. She said, oh, yeah, no, you're right, you're right. And then he said something else about flowers on the grave. Of course you take a flowers. Who doesn't take? She said, yeah, no, you're right. Oh, and he says I was pregnant as well. I went, oh, for God's sake. And she went, so I did a test. <laughs> and I, I am pregnant. And I went, shut up. <laughs> and that's how we found out. <laughs> but I love it because you, you got yourself well, in that mood. If you just got, of course you're fucking pregnant. We're always having it off. Who's <laughs> not having it off with someone like me? <laughs> but that's how I found out. Wow. wow I was going to be a dad. It's really taken the edge of fatherhood. <laughs> has there ever been any element of you that's ever doubted it has there ever been any element of you because I tell you what I'm really into ghosts I love the idea of ghosts I know in my heart of hearts there's no such thing as ghosts I would love there to be ghosts I would genuinely love it Yeah. I would think it's brilliant Dan Aykroyd um, his dad wrote an amazing book about ghosts and stuff mm. Aykroyd's really into the paranormal and has a very open mind to it although he says he's never seen a ghost he's never you know but he says that there are certain aspects of it that mm. you know would lead him to believe that it's a possibility and all this sort of thing yeah. um, I like an open mind I enjoy an open mind no. No, but, but you know you can't there are certain hurdles you just can't get over yeah. but have, have there ever been points I know when I read Aqua's dad's book that I was at the end of it going I really want that to be ghost mm. I really want that to be real and, and I was trying to get to a stage where I was like I'm going to be open minded about it but then I thought no because people will think I'm an idiot Yeah. and I couldn't get beyond that have you ever had any, any element of it at all well, there's been no evidence to suggest there is. There's Zero. No, there's no yeah. scientific evidence. There's no proof that any of this is a real thing. Right. You can't prove it isn't, if you know what I mean. Yeah, you yeah. can't prove that it doesn't exist, which is why Psychic Sally just won quite a lot of money against the Daily Mail for saying that she was... But that was because of specific allegations. That yeah, they, they said prove. that she was a cheat. Um, <laughs> and, but you can't say that. You can't yeah, say yeah. she is a cheat because you can't say that because... You can't prove that she is. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or even though a psychic's evidence would never be taken as proof in a court of law, you can't say she cheated. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
can't say that. But wasn't that from witness accounts? <clears throat> it was because, so, it was because someone said they heard. Wasn't it Paul Zenon? Paul Zenon wrote the article. Yeah. Paul yeah. Zenon wrote it. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. He used he's to a great do comic and a great, you know, yeah. and, and he. But I, th- I think what it was that they won was because he said she had an earpiece in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah and she right. could prove categorically that, that she, she didn't. didn't. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, so that's yeah, what yeah. the actual. Yeah. It, it was a technicality. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and she's psychic. Well, she's got that. She had. The, she's got the best quote on any poster I've ever seen. Yeah. Uh, which. Uh, was for her tour a few years ago, and it's uh, uh, the quote was forever grateful, and it was from uh, Princess Diana. <laughs> but it didn't say when the no. quote was from, no. pre, pre or post. <laughs> yeah, a bit of advice to like avoid tunnels would be nice. Yeah. <laughs> Princess Diana done a psychic quote to me the other night about our show, saying that it's the best show she's ever seen. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but then you know what? that's a great idea. Why don't I? I might do that so, for you. Yeah. Yeah. But she, but she also, unfortunately, we, we also got a very good quote from Hitler. Um, so yeah, you've got to print all your quotes like that. He said, yeah. he said that it actually blew him away and gave him some brilliant ideas. Sorry, not five stars from the Daily Mail. <laughs> I've never been in a situation where um, I've thought I'm real, but the skills that I use in the show have yeah. become... Much like when you learn to drive, they become unconscious. Right. Okay. So now I don't even think about doing it. And I'm in a room, I'm working a room, and I'll say things. And it was only after the show I have to sit down and decompress and go, how did I know that about yeah. that guy? I did a private gig the other day, and he said, it's a sceptic who booked me, and he said it was brilliant. And when he told that woman you were tw- that she was one of twins, even the hairs on the back of my neck stood up. Yeah. And I went, fuck, how did I know that? And I don't know how I knew it. And uh, and I didn't even think it was a big deal at the time because obviously Ian knows he knows he's psychic. Yeah. I was so deep in character. I just went yeah, no, and I moved on. And I'm concentrating more on the jokes in the audience. So yeah. the psychic stuff just happened. So I'm thinking about it. There's a I'll give you a link to um, a sound clip of me talking to a man that was dead for three days. Right uh, from the Radio Two show. I've yeah. heard that. And, it's um, amazing. It's on SoundCloud, so you can link to it if you like. And and while I was doing that. It was a little bit like I was starting to feel a little bit because I said to the producer, "I don't want this to sound fake, so I'm just going to shoot from the hip." This is the first time I realised yeah. I was doing it without thinking about it. I'm just going to throw out a load of stuff, get some wrong, and make it look a bit more realistic. So I was getting too much right compared with a real psychic. Yeah, I did bunny ears then <laughs> for the people listening. Real, you can hear your voice as well. Though. Yeah, <laughs> I didn't need to yeah, do it. Very and so sh- like when you made all them litigious comments about that Sally woman. I told you that you can't say she is not psychic. <laughs> That's all I said. What are you talking about? I'm no, being, no. I'm being unequivocal. You cannot say she is not psychic. What you're uh, not taking into account, though, Tom, is uh, we are both mischievous boys, and I edit this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this can end with me just going, "Tell me what your thoughts are on that Sally Tyke." <laughs> She is not psychic. She is a cheat. <laughs> you can't say she is not psychic. No, I wouldn't. Um, so, um, so yeah. So I started throwing stuff out, and it was all right. It was all hitting. I got he was from South America. I got he was there with his brothers. Yeah, got the fact he was with a teacher, and there was no trickery. I don't know how. I, I, I guess it's just the the cold reading has become you know unconscious. It's yeah, yeah. A, an unconscious skill. Like you very much like you drive from one place to another. You can't remember the journey. Yeah, I do. Yeah, I do drive quite a lot, and you can show off what you want, mate. But you still haven't got my fucking car, have you? <laughs> this unconscious thing that you keep doing. <laughs> Been with me ages now, mate. I've, I've thought about it all yeah, the time. All the time, I've been thinking about the car, mate. In your mind. Draw it. I've, do you know what? I've got the colour in my head. I've got the colour <laughs> now. <in my> head. <laughs> Well, I, I hope it's great, your show. I know it's great, your show, because uh, I think, uh, yeah, I, I always enjoy seeing you, and I always enjoy bumping into you and that. It, it's, that. it's dead impressive. 
It's dead impressive what yeah. you do. This is why you say I'm going to go back to Africa and be really proud. Pickle can gamble, pickle can gamble. That was um, Tom Pum. Tom Pum? Right. <laughs> So just to let you know, listen, in, in the intervening period, you'll know that Ray had a sip of oh, my wine very uh, nice before wine. the interview started. He's not had any more. This is lo- it's lovely wine, this. I like having a nice smell of it. It was that sip. It was that sip that's done him. Oh, imagine the trouble he had at school being called Tom Bum. It's Tom Bins. Oh, well, it's a good job that it's Friday then, because that's the day you put the bins out, and then we put the bins interview out on Friday. <laughs> That, that was cleverer than a joke yeah. you would have made sober. Yeah. <laughs> I, I could do loads of jokes when I have, when I have had a drink. <laughs> right, there's another clever one. What did the scientist say to the, um, to the chimney? What, hang on. So You're too young to smoke. You're too young to smoke. The scientist. Not so, a scientist, a bigger chimney. <laughs> what did the biggest, I don't know where I got scientists from. What did, Big chimney say to the liquor chimney, you're mm. too young to smoke to catch up. There was one about tomatoes on yeah, the road as tomatoes, well. That. Some tomatoes got squashed. So our show is Peacock and Gamble and Park. Tomatoes. 9.45 at the Pleasant Courtyard. Uh, we'll be doing extra shows Friday, uh, Saturday. Today, today, yeah. it's Friday today. Quarter past midnight. Um, and uh, Ray is going to have a sip of booze. It's Friday, it's Cracker Jack. Cracker Jack. So this might Good night happen. in that interview. Right, so thank you very much. I'm glad you enjoyed it. Thanks very much for listening, and we'll see you on Monday. What did one, one, one orange say to another one? What? Nothing, because they can't smoke. Talk. An orange can't talk. <laughs> I can't smoke either, actually. That's still true. Still works as a joke. The Peacock and Gamble Edinburgh Podcast is a ready production hosted by chortle.co.uk. Today's guest was Tom Bins, and my show is Ian de Montford Psychic Fair, and Tom Bins does Ivan Brackenbury and other characters. All music by Thomas van der Rey. See you tomorrow. Maybe see you tomorrow as Ivan Brackenbury. See you tomorrow. Maybe see you tomorrow as Ian de Montford. See you tomorrow. I invent a new character and do a see you tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> why, 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 you're that's why you're not allowed on the radio anymore. What? That's right. You, right. You're, you're banned from our radio show. What? You're you're not, get out. You're sacked. Please get out. You're sacked. And there'll be no big payoff for you, young man, on this one because we haven't got any money. We've got the Queen coming in tomorrow. He's ruined it. Cheers to that, mate. That's really, really cool. Pleasure. Are you still driving that Nissan Duke? Fucking hate this bloke. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking hate it. Really do.